Isaac. He picked them up. He said, I am now the God of Isaac. And then the God of Jacob. And then we have the God of Joseph. Sometimes when I'm praying to the Lord, I call him the God of Joseph. Because I want what he did with Joseph. Amen? In my life. And at other times, I'm saying the God of David. I like what you did with David. Why don't you give me a little of those? I love it. That's the God we serve. He's still here with us today. Amen? Father, we just thank you for your words. Speak to us today and help us to, to understand from your word who we are in you. And the reason why you created the family. So that we can live a life that's pleasing to you. And become what we've already prayed this morning. The head and not the tail. And above and never beneath. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. In Jesus name. Amen. This is going to be a series of messages. Don't know where it's going. Just know where to start. <laughs> but it starts, the title is God's Reason for the Family. Why did God create the family? It doesn't take too long as you read in the account of creation, the purpose of creation, the family. God, that was the ultimate. That's where he was going. Confusion, he was leading to the creation of Adam and Eve. And once that was done, he rested. So the reason, really, for the creation, as we have the account in Genesis, is for the creation of the family. That was what God was after. Adam and Eve. You see, if you read in the accounts of Genesis, the Bible tells us that God created all things. He saw, he was speaking them into being. Let there be light. And then there was light. And God would step back. He'll look at the light. He shakes his head. Good. And then he would say, let there be the firmament. And let them divide the water. And all of them, he was just speaking. The thoughts were in there. And then he speaks the word. And it happens but when it came to the creation of man he just didn't speak the word it came from the inside of his being and the first time we realize that God was God the father God the son and God the spirit he goes in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 God said let us now we got to think about what we're about to do Amen? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Before, God was just speaking, but now he had to consult. Yes, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness. We want this man to look just like us. Amen? In our image, in our likeness, we want to replicate ourselves. We want to duplicate. We want to make something, not quite us, but it'll have our image and also it'll have our likeness. That's what he said. And because they will have our image and our likeness, 
it says, and let them have what? Oh, God. You were created for what? Dominion. You were created to be just like God. Amen? Think about it. You were created God's inner being. What God really wanted for you and I was us to look just like him. He's, he's not changed that. You see, God doesn't change. His desires never change. He created us to be just like him. And if you are like him, you have to have dominion. Amen. Dominion goes along with being like him. To have dominion. He says we want to create man in our likeness. We want him to look just like us. In other words, when they see the image. How many of you have seen images, things created, sculptures for people to look like them? As soon as you see them, you know what they look like. Oh, that's this person, right? Well, it's just an image, not the person, right? But God is saying, when they see you, they know what he looks like. Amen? What an honor. Think about it. What an honor. That when they look at you, maybe you don't think much about yourself. That's an insult to God in a way. Maybe you don't think too much about who you are. But when they look at you, and I'm telling you, this is the way God wants it. He wants it this way. When they look at you, Michael, they see God because you look just like him. He said, create them in our likeness, in our image. You are special. You are special. That's why the devil who hates God hates you. Why? You just look like him. He can fight with that one, but he knows maybe he can fight with you. Amen. He just hates you. Because you look too much like him. You look just like him. The trouble is we don't know it. And the devil knows we don't know that. So he can harass us. But the word of God is to help us know who God has created us to be. And when we show that self, the devil says, here comes trouble. Here comes trouble. He knows too much now. Amen. That's what God was after. Creating you. I don't care what you think about yourself. What God thinks about you is what matters. Amen. Don't care what people think about you. Say that. I don't care what they think about me. You were created in his image. When you accept that. You please God. You make his heart happy. When you put yourself down, you displease him. Even though there was the fall, now God has brought you back to the image of his son. Amen? And guess what you got? Dominion. You got dominion. Yeah, there are life troubles. Yeah. But the son lives in you. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Be of good cheer. I have 
overcome the world. That's the truth of the gospel. He created us just, that's his heart. And when Satan took us away, he brought his son to bring us back so we can have dominion. So that's why he created man. He said, he said in, in, in the scriptures here, in uh, verse 1, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish uh, of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth. Over what? All the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That's the devil is a creep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is. He's giving us dominion over what? Everything. When we know him. I'll tell you why the family unit is so important. That's where I'm going. Because when a man and his wife, they are not one. They lost what? dominion see that's why the enemy fights the family a lot trying to make them lose dominion fighting over toothpaste how come you use the toilet and you didn't put this stuff down we'll have second world war over that How come you put that wet cloth over here? I told you never do that. So we have the third world war over that. Just a piece of cloth. And Satan says, boy, yeah, give it to her. And he's laughing at them. The things that are important, okay? Deal with it. Go away from it. Keep the family together. Amen? He created us for dominion. It says in Genesis chapter 2, then he tells you how God created them. Verse 7, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Before this, he just spoke. But now, he was personally involved. This was different. Sometimes we are amazed at the sun and the beauty of the sun. We are amazed at the stars and all of that. We are amazed at creation. But God just spoke those things into being. But when he came to you, he was personally involved. God came down, got some dust. Amen. Fashioned it. He said he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. You know what that is? The breath of life. He gave him the essence of himself. That's the spirit of life. Coming from his own spirit. And God is what? A spirit. He's telling you how important you are. I wish we knew this. You know, when you discover things like this, you have no fear. 
I had this person telling me, you know, Brother uh, uh, Goodluck or Pastor Goodluck, uh, they're telling all these lies that uh, when you come to Nigeria, I'm planning to get you assassinated. And um, But what they are trying to do is that when you get to Nigeria and they kill you, uh, they are, they're using me as a diversion from what they are really planning. They are the ones planning to do this uh, uh, so that when they're done, then they, they, they think I'm the one that did it. I didn't even reply to him. When I'm ready to go to Nigeria, I'm going there. Who are you to try to kill me? I got these powerful angels. One's called goodness, and the other one is called mercy. If you come close, boy, when they whack you, good man, you're not coming back. One angel slap is good enough for a lifetime of sleep. There's nothing to be afraid of. Once you know who God created you to be, there's nothing. Yeah, you may have difficulties, but I know what the scripture says. If you are in him, all things work together for good. To them that love God. To those who are called according to what? Oh, why don't you let his purpose go, his, go through your life? Maybe difficulty here, difficulty there, but he's working out for your good. It always will work well if you trust God. Amen? It's always remind yourself there is a God. And guess what? He's on your side. <laughs> Because you have chosen to be on Jesus' side, God will always be on your side. Only if you decide to abandon him, he will always be on your side. So he created them and he gave them this spirit. That's the breath. Breath there is really life. The spirit of life. He, he breathed into Adam. And the Bible says he became a living being well other animals were living right they're still living this is different this is different and you are different in god and in genesis chapter 5 excuse me first one and two he says this is the book of the generation of adam in the day that god created man in the likeness of God made he him. Notice again. And if you read the Genesis account, God kept going back to, he made him in, in his image and in his likeness. Over at least three times. You know what he's doing? He doesn't want you to forget that you look just like him. Amen? You look just like him. And when your spirit is his spirit, he's put his spirit in you, you really look like him. And the devils, they recognize that. Amen? That's what he is. So, he made them male and female. Now we're finding out it's not just the man. It's male and female. Created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam. In the day when they were created. Both of them, I know when we refer to Adam, we always refer to Adam as Adam and then the woman as Eve. But God doesn't see them that way. It was Adam that called his wife Eve, not God. God says, you both are 
Adam. Amen. That's the way God sees it. You and your wife. He sees you as one. He called them Adam. Adam said, that's Eve because he was taken from me. But God, when he calls them, calls them you're Adam. You're one. And I believe that's where the tradition comes. You get married, you take on your husband's name, right? That's the way God wants it. You know, the Bible tells us that God created all things and he created all things in six days. I'm going to say something that's funny, okay? Will you all forgive me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, <laughs> I believe that God created everything in six days. And by the time the sixth day was over, Adam was already there and Eve was already there. Some people may believe Eve was created another day. I don't know that. I believe God rested. He created all things. It's hard to put all of it together. But uh, I think that Adam was created in the morning and Eve was created in the evening. <laughs> That's why they are so different. <laughs> one thing this way and the other one is the other way. Totally. <laughs> Somewhere, we need God in the middle to reconcile these two individuals. One is a morning person, the other one is an evening person. Do we have that in the family? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you all forgive me for that? <laughs> but it says in, in Genesis 1, verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. But then in chapter 2, God began to give us the account of the creation of Eve. In verse 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, what I believe it happened, God created everything. He looked around and says, good, very good. And then he took one look at Adam and he says, hmm, I don't know about this. He can't make it on his own. There's no way he can make it. He needs a helper. Somebody to help him. Uh, if you are a man, <laughs> I'm not going to be preaching anymore about this. <laughs> Most men, you know, after putting on their tie, they go to their wife and she's going to tell them what was good. <laughs> for me, I'm just, I depend on Angela completely for now. You can't make it as a man on your own. You need help. God said you need help. If you're saying I'm a self-made man, be quiet. You, you, your wife's been helping behind the scene. Amen. You can't help yourself. God took one look and says, oh, 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 I don't think this is good. 
Uh, we got to do something about this. Notice what God called the woman. The helper. You heard that word before? You know who the helper is? The Holy Spirit is the helper. That's how important in the home a wife is. Do you get that? The Holy Spirit is called the helper. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But I'll send you a helper. If your husband is not making it, guess what? And you keep cutting at him, guess what you've been doing? You are not playing your role as a helper. The man needs the woman to be the helper. Don't, in other words, the Holy Spirit knows our weaknesses, right? The Holy Spirit knows every woman knows the husband's weakness. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I think the men are becoming very uncomfortable. You might look great outside, but they know who you really are. <laughs> okay. They know your weakness. The woman's role is just like the Holy Spirit who knows my weaknesses. He doesn't cut me down for my weaknesses, doesn't gossip about my weaknesses, don't call the friends and say, yeah, he seems strong, but no. What the Holy Spirit does is to help so that I can make it and look good for God. Amen? That's the woman's role. You are the helper. And I'm going to come down later as we go into the different parts of the message that I want to, want to speak. There are some men you can't help. <laughs> oh, yes. He goes. You can't help them. No matter what you do. They're crazy. I'm not talking about those type of men. I'm talking about a man who knows God. And he's trying to do his best. Your place is to help. You are called the helper. And notice what God said. I'm making a helper comparable to him. In other words, you look just like him. But your place is to help him make it and look good in life. That's your job. God wants that. Not to cut him down, but to help him. Sometimes if he's not willing, I can understand for women how difficult it is. Some men are really bullheaded. They're not going to change. They just don't want to have their head. Man. What you can do is fast and pray. After you've done it, oh, leave, leave the guy to God. When God begins to slap him around, he'll come back. Amen. And notice in verse 21, it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on, the, on Adam, and he slept. And he took out of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. 
Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. I'd like you to look at that scripture very well. Because some of that person went into a deep sleep. The Lord Jesus. And we came out of that deep sleep. Amen. And God is still fashioning us. Amen. That's why Christ is the head. And the church is his body. Adam, just God was simulating what was going to happen when Jesus would come. Adam went into a deep sleep and God was very involved in this. There was some operation. I don't know if there was blood. But God actually opened his side while he was sleeping and took out one rib. And God fashioned himself from that one rib. You see, actively creating a woman. Delicate. Very delicate. And put her together in that way. So that when the man sees the finished product, he will be excited. And he will understand the work that God has put into it. And know to honor it. And to treat it the way God created it delicately. When you don't do that as a man, you lose your help. Amen? Because you're not doing it the way God created her. She's got to be treated delicately. Amen? With care, concern, love. Could you imagine the love that was pouring out of love as God was fashioning the woman? That's why when you treat your wife so badly, he doesn't like it and we're coming to that. When we come to Malachi, you see God almost angry with a man because of the way they're treating their wives. Angry. So important. Any man that is handling his wife in the wrong way, today is a day of repentance. You need to honor her because we need to honor the Holy Spirit, right? Easy to be grieved, right? You can easily grieve the Holy Spirit. And what do they do? What would the Holy Spirit do? If you grieve him, he just withdraws. Many men have acted so badly, their wives have withdrawn. And they are going their crazy way. Sometimes, for the most part, your wife is your hope. And if she's not there, you have no help. If you've acted in a way that pushes your wife away and she's not, no longer interested in playing a role, especially when they become indifferent, you're finished. You're on your own without help. You're going to destroy yourself. You're going to do crazy things. So important. Are you getting what I'm saying today? You need to get the typologies from the scriptures to see what God is doing. It's not a mistake that God called the woman the helper. 
Amen. But the woman needs to do a job. Helping the man. Doing your best. You need to understand your position in your home as a woman. If it's good for the man, it's good for the family. You make him look good as you walk behind the scene, doing everything to make sure he is the man God created him to be. And believe me, if you stand behind her, him, he won't be long. He'll be right up there. Amen? The fighting should go away. Amen? Men, we need to listen more. You see, just like the Holy Spirit... They can, the Holy Spirit can pick up things and discern things quickly, right? The Holy Spirit broods over everything for creation. That's the wife. They can see things. Amen? You need to listen. Don't push them away. You're not that smart. God said so. You need help. So listen to your wives. And I'm speaking to myself too, women. Listen to them. But notice what God did. God brought the woman to the man. That was all he wanted. He brought the woman. So God actually conducted the very first wedding ceremony. God brought them together. And as the guy was excited, wow, he said, wow, I've never seen anything like this. This is beautiful. And God was standing there, joining them together. Joining them together. And the Bible says, for this reason, a man must leave father and mother and be joined to his wife. So God brings them together. Let me say this to you. Every child of God who wants a mate will get one. I didn't know this until this past week or so. And I didn't even know Esther was going to be here. But that's what happened. Most people would have given up on you, right? But I'm going to share this with you. Every child of God and young people, you're young, start praying for your man or your woman. God has somebody for you. If you're a child of God, you've been born again and you want a mate, God has one for you. God's going to bring it up to you. You will have your mate. God has a mate for you. The mate, that depends on who you want. Amen? If you listen to God, he'll bring the best for you. He'll give it to you. God brought the woman to Adam. Let me share a scripture with you. Isaiah chapter 34, chapter 34, verse 16. Very important scripture. He says, search from the books of the Lord. What does he want you to search? Search from the books of the Lord and read. Not one of these shall fail. Everything that you read. Not a single one will fail. Not one shall lack a mate. Not one shall lack a mate. Not a single person. For my mouth has spoken it or commended it. And the spirit 
His spirit has gathered them. In other words, his spirit will bring them together. That's what he's saying. His spirit will bring them together. When you read that scripture in context, God was talking about the birds. Okay? And he says, every one of those birds will not, will, will not lack a mate. He'll bring them together. It's not going to happen. But when you read it from Paul's writing, Paul was speaking to us in uh, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 9. He says, For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muscle an ox while it treads out the grain. And Paul said, he was at, Paul asked his audience, Did you think that God was concerned about oxes? That's uh, cows? He said, no. God was just speaking about cows. He spoke that, but what he really meant is us ministers. That's what he says. It's not the cows, it's us. And I believe that scripture we read, none shall lack the mate, right? God wasn't thinking about birds. He was thinking about his children. If you are a child of God, just in the same vein, where Paul referred, not us, he's talking about human beings. God wasn't concerned about animals. He was really speaking about us. In the same vein, God is speaking about you. If you are a child of God, maybe you made a mistake in the past. Maybe things you need to repent, ask God for forgiveness. But if you want a mate, if you desire a mate, he is right there. And this word, mouth of God is spoken it, and God will bring that per- those two people together. Amen. If you don't want, that's okay. But if you want a mate, God will bring them. Esther, to me, is a great witness of that. We prayed and prayed. We were never sure. And I didn't know she, you were going to be here. God is, has a sense of humor. He knew I was going to be saying this this morning. And then he brought this lady here so that you can tell that God will eventually do it. He doesn't fail. If you need a mate, you get one. But let me encourage you. If you ask him for a mate, make sure you get what you really want. Amen? Don't go out looking for everything that flies by. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Because everything that flies by is not good. Put down what you really want. Amen. Put down what you want. Put down the quality, the qualities you want. I wrote a list. After I got through, I decided there's nobody that exists in this world like this. <laughs> Put it down, okay? We're in the world, okay? But be realistic, amen? But God gave me my best, amen? Put down what you want so that you... Re- you know why to do that? When you meet that individual, you recognize it. That's it. Because they'll meet everything that you ask them for. I remember reading a book by Paul Yongicho. Some of you read that book. He was preaching. Paul Yongicho is the pastor of the largest uh, congregation in the world. Um, about 800,000 people in one church. He wrote a book. He said he was preaching. And he went to this church to preach. And then in that church, there was a young a Korean girl. Uh, 
but she was getting old and uh, in her mind and but no husband and pastor was very concerned for her because nobody wanted this girl and others were getting married but nobody would go to her and she had no potential she was just there and i'm sure she had talked to pastor to find out what was going on am i seeing what's going on why can't i find a man why is no one interested in me so pastor knowing the anointing that was on paul Yongicho, went to uh, paul Yongicho and said could you pray for, i have a problem can you pray for this girl for me please she needs her husband and the girl was happy to come down for prayer and he said paul said yeah bring her pray for her and she walked in and he said to her uh, what kind of man do you want she looked like huh what kind of question was there she says he said yeah what kind of man do you want tall fat skinny whatever tell me what you want she thought for a while you want him to be uh korean what do you want she said well she got the message she said i need a caucasian man she he said get a pen write it down it's a korean girl and she said okay what kind of profession do you want him to have she said i want him to be a school teacher she said, put that down and she says, um what kind of hobby you know well i want him to be a musician she said put that down she had 10 things she wrote and then he said take her home and pray over it he prayed for her and, and she left it wasn't too long some americans came by missionaries among them was a school teacher and a musician and good-looking guy because he had asked her you want short or tall she said tall and this was a tall yankee <laughs> And as soon as he got to the church, all the young girls looked at him and said, mm, the Lord has spoken to me. No kidding. <laughs> they, she said, they were all over him. And she was much older. And they were all over him, just hanging on him. And she looked at them and she said, these girls are prettier than I am. They're younger than I am. And there's no hope. I just forget this guy. But she liked him. She just decided he's not going to work. These other girls will give me a chance. But all the while, he was hiding her somehow. Ooh, that lady over there. He didn't want anything to do with the rest of the girls. He was, why is that girl not so excited about me? Finally, they came together. This American didn't know she had written that. All of those things. On the day they got married, I'm going to cut the story short, she read everything. And it matched that guy to the team. Wouldn't it be good when you know you are marrying the person God created you to marry? You know it's not going anywhere. When you're trying to leave because of trouble, you remember those ten things in the list. And you say, oh, I don't know about this. I'm going to stay with her because I know this is who God wanted me to marry. Amen. So, young people... Put down what you want. Fat or skinny. <laughs> Tall or short. What you want the person to do. God's always like that. He will ask you, what do you want me to do for you? But the point is, 
If you need a mate, God will give you one. Pray and wait. He's coming. Because God said, search the scriptures. It won't fail. My mouth has spoken it. My spirit will bring them together. Stand up with me this morning. I don't know what your situation is, but this is just introduction, okay? We have a lot that we want to talk about uh, as we deal with the uh, matters of the home, husband and wife. And uh, my wife tells me I'm a little hesitant to go there, uh, but I wanted to have 20 years behind me so I can take that care. (laughs) So I have a right to speak, amen? Put your hands up before God this morning. If you're married, thank God for your husband. Thank God for your wife. Bless them. When you speak that blessing upon your mate, the blessing remains, especially as the woman. Bless your husband. Say to God, you will make my husband great. Fill me with the wisdom and the understanding to be my man's helper. And for the man, make sure you are there protecting, helping doing what you can to make her that beautiful person that God created her. Make sure that that's your whole life to make sure that this woman whom God delicately brought to you, created and brought to you, you treat this woman delicately and then make her come out to be that person. God created her to be your helper. And both of you, in what God's done in your life, will glorify God together. Father, we thank you for the spirit of the living God who is with us here this morning. If you're here this morning and you haven't committed your life totally to Christ, I encourage you to say a prayer. I see most of you I know, but I don't really know what's in your heart. But I want you to say a prayer to God as you totally abandon yourself to him. Say, God, God, I want to serve you. Say it with me. God, God, I want to serve you. I give myself totally to you. I will serve you. Help me to serve you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Father, I ask that you bless your people as they leave the sanctuary. You're always with them. Show yourself great in your lives, God. We give you praise today. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you.